people have been altering the genomes of plants and animals for many years using traditional breeding techniques. Artificial selection for specific desired traits has resulted in a variety of different organisms, ranging from the presence of sweet corn to the rice that we are consuming on our plate and even the presence of hairless cats. In recent decades, advances in the field of genetic engineering have allowed for precise control over these genetic changes introduced to any types of organisms. Today, we can actually incorporate new genes from one species into a completely unrelated species through genetic engineering, in which we can optimize agricultural performance. We can also facilitate the production of valuable pharmaceutical substances. We can also produce organisms which are possessing herbicides or even insecticide resistance. Crop plants, farm animals, and soil bacteria are some of the more prominent examples of organisms that have been subjected to genetic engineering. But if we're going to consider this today, what are actually the different implications of the presence of genetically modified organisms on the surface of the earth? What is your stand when it comes to the presence of genetically modified organisms? Are you for it or are you not? Episode 8 GMOs OMG Welcome aboard mga kabayo! This is Hainayan at Agham, the podcast. This is the podcast in which we will discuss biology and science-related topics, themes, articles, discoveries, knowledge, and everything and anything present on Earth, this solar system, and the universe. Because what? Science is around us. This podcast is created to provide additional information, factual discussion, and health exchange of ideas across different fields and disciplines related to life sciences. So, if you're interested in the contemporary discussions related to sciences and biology, hop on to our discussions, learn, argue, and harness critical thinking about the ins and outs, the facts and bluffs, the history, recent developments, and breaking news related to geeky science and stuff. Bring both ears and let's explore the world of science and biology around us. Welcome to Hainayan at Agham, the podcast. Magandang araw mga kabayo! Domesticated na ba kayo? <laughs> well, welcome to another episode of Hainayan at Agham, the podcast. And welcome to episode number 8. And in this episode, ang pag-uusapan natin ay somewhat related pa rin sa napag-usapan natin on episode number 7. Well, actually, this is now the second part or the latter half nung actual na discussion na dapat ay ibibigay ko na episode number 7 ka. So, na-realize ko na sobrang sabog na ako and that is not actually the right time for me to discuss this stuff kasi um, ayoko naman na sobrang maging complicated ayoko naman na maging sobrang saturated yung mga discussions na present dun sa episode na yun since first and foremost ako nga ay medyo tutangat sabog na when it comes to some parts of that discussion and at the same time um, ayoko na rin naman na sobrang magbigay pa ng sobrang saturated na details or sobrang daming details sa bawat isa sa inyo since 
this is yes this is a science podcast this is a podcast in which we are going to talk about science related stuff and ideas concepts pero for you to enjoy scientific concepts as much as possible hindi dapat ito sobra-sobrang finifid sa mga tao and that is actually some of the reasons why I think some people do not like biology or science in general kasi parang masyadong pinipid sa kanila yung information na to, pinipid sa kanila tong mga bagay na to, which is somewhat nakakasuka kapag pinipilit mo na i-feed sa iyo ng paulit-ulit. Okay, so when it comes to this episode, ang pag-uusapan natin is a step forward, a step, um, sabihin na natin na a bigger leap when it comes to the applications of genetic engineering and at the same time the concept of genetic variation and even the concepts that are related with the genetically modified organisms. Because at this point, ang pag-uusapan talaga natin and ang focal point talaga ng episode natin would be the presence of the GMOs or the genetically modified organisms. Okay, so now let's start the discussion in this episode with this. Genetically modified organisms or GMOs. These are organisms whose genome has been engineered in the laboratory in order to favor the expression of desired physiological traits or the generation of desired biological products. Now, kung i-recall natin yung mga discussions na naibigay natin during episode number 7, even though I am quite sabog during that time, hopefully you can still remember some of the key concepts na napag-usapan natin dito, specifically when it comes to the concept of um, selective breeding, the concept of artificial selection, and even domestication. Na, yes, ang mga tao during those times, during the ancient times, nagkaroon na sila ng idea na kung saan, paano nga ba mas may utilize yung iba't ibang pang-organisms na nakapaligid sa kanila. Ang reason kung bakit nga ba nagkaroon ng matinong co-evolution ng iba't ibang mga organisms sa mga tao, it is because of our way of thinking that there's actually some ways or some possibilities na mas ma-utilize na natin, mas ma-maximize pa natin yung potential na present dun sa isang organism na yun. Now, so paano naman natin to i-relate with the concept of the GMOs or the genetically modified organisms? Well, what was done by our ancestors, ito na ina-adapt ngayon ng genetic engineering with the relationship of the genetically modified organisms. Na, kung tutuusin, ang mga ancients, tiningnan talaga nila dito what are actually the best phenotypes. Okay? The best phenotypes na present na kung bakit nga ba yung isang piraso na corn na yun na mukha lang damo o kaya naman yung palay, ito ay ginagamit na natin today to feed a lot of populations. Kung tutuusin, ang nangyaring genetic modification, okay, I'm using the term genetic modification because yun yung ginawa ng mga ancestors natin could be considered as genetic modification, ay pinili nila kung ano yung the best characteristics na present sa organism na yun, then yun ang pinalago, yun ang pinarami nila. Na ang pinagkaiba lang nito with the modern day um, genetically modified organisms, it is now the specificity. Yeah, yung mga specific traits that are actually present on those organisms. Well, tongue twister, nabubulo na ako. Mm. 
it is actually the specificity that are actually present on the different characteristics na present na sa mga organisms na yon. Now, in some cases, nagkakaroon dito ng literal na genetic engineering that you are now altering the DNA that is actually present on that organism. But remember, GMOs are not always like that. GMOs could start with the presence of the phenotype of that certain type of organism from a large scale to the smaller scale or to the more precise nitrogenous bases to the more precise segments of the genome of that certain type of organism. So, ganun talaga ang concept natin when it comes to genetically modified organisms. Then, from the basic concepts of genetically modified organisms, then from the basic concepts of GMOs, let's now talk about the top 8 myths that simply surrounds these organisms. And now, let's have myth number 1. Non-GMO means that the food has not been genetically modified. The answer? Virtually all modern-day crops have been genetically modified, even the ones that are somewhat labeled non-GMO. Then, kung tutusin, just like what I mentioned earlier, almost all organisms na utilize natin ngayon when it comes to the food crops, when it comes to the ones that are being utilized in agriculture, even our pets, sila talaga ay genetically modified per se. Okay? Because if we're going to consider now the concept of genetic modification, meron tayong five basic examples ng kung paano nga ba nangyayari ang genetic modifications. Okay? So let's simply start with the first one. Ang first type of genetic modification, ito yung tinatawag natin na traditional breeding or also known as the cultivation, domestication, and selective breeding. Na, when it comes to the concept of traditional breeding, we are now actually considering here a lot of genes na present dun sa genotypes and phenotypes and characteristics na manifested ng mga organisms na ito. So, for instance, ang presence ng iba't ibang mga bulaklak na ang reason kung bakit nga ba nagkaroon ng cultivation ng hoya, for instance, here in the Philippines, kung bakit nga ba sobrang naging talamak ngayon ang mga halaman, bakit nga ba sobrang nagkaroon ng iba't ibang mga variations, nagkaroon ng mga um, cultivars ang iba't ibang mga halaman, ay dahil ito dun sa tinatawag natin na traditional breeding. That you're actually having here cross-pollination or you are now crossing different characteristics, the pollen of this plant would be transferred to the ovary of this other plant or other flower. Then, the rest is history. Unti-unti na nagkakaroon ng modification dito based on what we can actually observe. Na, ang nangyayari when it comes to the concept of traditional breeding, ito na yung point na kung saan literal na organism to organism ang experimentation na ginagawa. But nga ba nagkakaroon ng inbreeding when it comes to dogs? Since those are actually the different characteristics that are best when it comes to those show dogs. Bakit nga ba nagkakaroon ng iba't ibang breeds ng mga aso? It is actually because of traditional breeding with the manifestation of the different phenotypes na present sa mga organisms na yon. So that is actually traditional breeding. Then the second one, second type of genetic modification, ito yung tinatawag natin na mutagenesis. Now, when it comes to mutagenesis, actually, isa ito dun sa mga pinakaunang type ng genetic modification na literal na 
um, ginagawa sa laboratory since in this case, in the case of mutagenesis, those organisms ay binobombard na ngayon with heavy dose of radiation. It could be in the form of x-ray or it could be other forms of um, ionizing radiation. That when it comes to the bombardment of those organisms ng radiation, nagkakaroon na ngayon ng random mutation. Then, after these random mutations, there's a possibility na maging successful, magkaroon ng magandang variants, magkaroon ng magandang cultivar, magkaroon ng magandang resulta, magkaroon ng magandang itsura yung mga organisms na yon, Or yung kanilang susunod na generation. That's the thing about mutagenesis. You're experimenting blind. They are actually not sure kung ano nga ba magiging resulta kapag binombard nila ng gantong dose ng radiation yung organism na yon. So that is actually the very first concept kung tutuusin ng laboratory-induced or laboratory-created setups pagdating sa genetically modified organisms. That in the case of mutagenesis, it is always 50-50. It is either the presence of good characteristics or better characteristics or bad, which can lead to the death of that organism. Then, other than the presence of mutagenesis, let's now move on to the third type of genetic modification, which is now known as RNA interference. Now, in the case of RNA interference, if you can still recall the discussion na binigay ko when it comes to, wow, sobrang teacher ng dating, when it comes to the discussion and um, things na napag-usapan natin, I'm just going to use that, um, napag-usapan natin pagdating sa episode natin regarding epigenetics that some genes can actually be turned on and turned off ang application ng genetic modification na ginagawa na sa laboratory ay the same lang din sa pag-turn on and pag-turn off ng genes. Depende na lang kung methylated ba, depende na lang sa histo na present sa organism na yun. In this case, it is now induced. Okay, that's the thing about RNA interference. Some genes could be turned on, some genes could be turned off. And in which... Ang best example natin dito is the one that I mentioned once again on the previous episode. So, so basically, kung ito yung pinakauna episode na napakinggan mo sa podcast na ito, I'm going to suggest na balikan mo yung iba pa nating mga episodes. Shameless plug. So, sa mga iba pa nating mga episodes na para mas pabigyan ko na example, mas malaman mo, mas mabigyan ng depth yung alam mo when it comes to these things. Okay, since... Um, major related yung mga concepts natin sa isa't isa since this is actually the season for genetics. So, in the case of RNA interference, ang best example natin dito is the presence of the wild mustard, which is the ancestor of cabbage, kale, broccoli, cauliflower, and the likes. Ang reason kung bakit na-maximize yung organism na yun at nagkaroon ng iba't ibang mga vegetative parts, it is because of RNA interference that if some genes would be turned on, pwedeng broccoli yung maging resulta. If some genes would be turned off, pwedeng maging cabbage ang resulta. So, isang organism, tinuturn on na tinuturn off mo lang yung genes, kaya nagkakaroon dito ng iba't ibang mga vegetative parts. Just like, for instance, us humans, meron tayong set of DNA na pareho from our head to our toes. Kaso bakit nga ba ibang itsura na ating balat sa itsura na ating muscles sa itsura ng ating 
um, lining of the intestine sa lining ng iba't ibang parts ng katawan natin. It is because of the gene silencing. It is because of those processes na kung saan, kung ano lang yung mga importanteng proteins na present sa DNA natin, yun lang yung matatranslate. Yun lang yung magagamit ng specific part na katawan natin. So, in the case of the RNA interference, ganun ang way kung paano nga ba siya ginagamit when it comes to genetic modification. Then, the fourth example of genetic modification, ito naman yung tinatawag natin na transgenics with the process na tinatawag na transgenesis. From the name itself, transgenics, it is now the time in which you are transferring genetic information from one species to the next. Ang pinakaunang naging example talaga ng genetic modification na nagkaroon ng transgenics, it is now the incorporation of the genes na present sa isang antibiotic resistant na bacteria sa DNA na present sa tobiko. Okay, so yun yung pinakauna talaga, is sa mga pinakauna na naging successful na ang genes of that organism stayed on that host plant, then nabuhay naman si host plant. Na yun ang naging start talaga ng revolution when it comes to the concept of transgenics. Na merong isang segment ng gene ang inadagdag doon sa organism na yun, then it will now perform successfully. So, ano pa nga ba yung mga ibang examples ng nangyaring transgenics? Um, meron din ditong um, cases na kung saan gumamit sila ng animals, specifically this study na nakita ko sa isang libro. I'm not sure if that is a raven of 2017 na libro na ginagamit ko when it comes to my reference sa klasiko or a Campbell book na kung saan um, nagkaroon ng transgenics nagkaroon ng transgenic pigs na kung saan nagkaroon sila dito ng um, fluorescent gene na present sa jellyfish. Ano siya pang jellyfish ba talaga yung organism na yun? Um, hopefully, no sa jellyfish. Yun yung genes na isinalin or transfer from those organisms papunta ngayon kay pigs. So basically, the concept of transgenics could actually give us the chimerism or different characteristics na present na ngayon sa iba't ibang mga organisms na pwedeng ma-utilize at pwedeng tanggapin ng katawan ng organism na yun. Well, isa nga ito sa mga reasons kung bakit nga ba ang mutation is one of the most common superhero trope. Shoutout to Spider-Man, shoutout to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and other types of mutations na nangyari na nagkaroon ng transgenesis. And lastly, for the fifth type of genetic modification, ito na yung tinatawag natin na gene editing. In the case of gene editing, ito na yung pagkakataon na kung saan we can actually delete and engineer now um, different segments of the genes na nilalagyan natin ito ng mga corresponding na nitrogenous bases para hindi na mag-transfer ng characteristics and ng genes from one organism to the next. In the case of the gene editing, um, ginagamitan na ito ng mga technology just like the presence of talents, the presence of ZFNs, and even the presence of the CRISPR technology. Ito yung mga technologies na ginagamit ngayon when it comes to gene editing na kung saan its final output is to simply possess to simply um, cut off unwanted genes 
na present sa organism na yon for that organism to actually reach its fullest potential. Okay, yun ang target talaga ng gene editing na walang idadagdag pero modify lang yung genes na present sa organism na yon. So those are actually the different examples of genetic modification. So that is for the first myth. Myth number two, GMOs can occur naturally. The truth behind this? Contrary to popular belief, GMOs or transgenic crops actually can occur naturally. And yes, kayang mabuhay ng mga organisms na ito kapag itinanim mo sa labas ng laboratory. Duh! That is actually the reason why genetically modified organisms are created in the first place. Para dumami ang food that would simply be produced. Na hindi na magpo-focus sa laboratory lahat. If we're going to consider this with or without um, human intervention, ang mga organisms na genetically modified kaya nilang mabuhay. Ang naging concern lang talaga natin when it comes to the presence of GMOs ay there's actually some possibilities that if these GMOs are not endemic on that location, pwede silang maging invasive. Okay, yun lang naman talaga ang concern natin dito. But, if we're going to consider the second myth that GMOs cannot occur naturally and they cannot thrive outside the laboratory, it is actually a hoax. Okay, GMOs can still thrive outside the laboratory. So that is for myth number two. Myth number 3. GMOs can change your DNA when you consume them and can cause cancer. The truth behind the myth. Just as the genes in a banana or any food products that you're going to consume don't alter your DNA when you eat those organisms, the genes in the GMOs do not alter your DNA when you consume them either. Well, definitely hindi ko alam ko kanina nanggaling ang myth na ito, but this myth is borderline bold. Why? Kapag kinusyong mga isang organism, obviously, that food product, it will now actually undergo the process of mechanical and chemical digestion. Digestive System 101. Na, sa bibig mo, kapag kinusyong mo yung pagkain, ito'y mahahaluan ng laway or ng amylase. Then, kapag ito'y nahaluan ng laway, magsisimula mag-breakdown ngayon yung mga sugars na present doon. Then, kapag nag-breakdown na yung mga sugars, then pag ikaw ay lumunon or you did the process known as deglutition, ang nangyayari na doon sa pagkainin na tinatawag natin na bolus, ito ay mapupunta na ngayon sa iyong stomach. And your stomach would now break down those proteins. Habang nagbe-break down yung mga proteins sa presa doon sa kinakain mo, some of the digestive juices ay tumutulong para mas lalo pang further na ma-breakdown yung mga materials na yon And those food products na present sa stomach mo, sila na ngayon ay mapupunta sa iyong intestine. Then, sa intestine mo, it will now actually mix up with other juices which would now be responsible for further breaking down the different polymers or compounds na present sa kinain mo. Then, on the latter part of your small intestine, it will now start to absorb the nutrients, the minerals, and even the polymers and monomers or the biomolecules na present sa kinain mo. And what are those biomolecules? We have the presence now of 
the carbohydrates, fats, and proteins that you consumed. So basically, nakakaroon na absorption. Hindi na inaabsorb yung DNA ng organism na yun na kinonsume mo and mahalo sa katawan mo. Kapag kinain mo yan, ito na be broken down to smaller pieces na mas madaling makukonsume ng katawan mo. Hence, the term monomers. At yung DNA ay hindi siya papasok dun sa nucleus or sa cells mo para ma-alter yung DNA na present sa katawan mo. No, that is not how it works. Then, when it comes to the concept of the presence of cancer. Well, it is actually um, a problem when it comes to the scientific community pagdating dito na when it comes to the experimentation na ginawa, pagdating dun sa kinoconsidered nila na side effects ng genetically modified organisms kapag kinonsume ito ng any organism kaya there's a possibility na magkaroon ng cancer. Ang problema dito is that the model organism or ang organism na ginamit nila, ang species ng daga na ginamit nila ay merong 80% chance talaga na makadevelop ng iba't ibang uri ng cancer in its lifetime. Sobrang susceptible ng mice na to sa cancer. So that's the first problem. Then the second problem, handpick yung data na kinuha nila. Kung ano yung magde-disprove o kaya naman yung magde-debunk kung when it comes to the concept of GMOs, yun ang kinuha nilang data. That's the problem when it comes to those things. Kapag handpick, kapag manipulated yung data ngayon and mapapublish ito via peer review o kaya naman ito mapapublish sa iba't ibang mga journals, doon na magsisimula yung mga speculations, doon na magsisimula yung problema. Na yun ang isa sa mga reasons kung bakit nga ba itong um, third myth ay Sobrang daming tao naniniwala that GMOs could give you cancer. But, GMOs cannot give you cancer unless there are now the presence of carcinogens. Ang carcinogens ang nagkukos ng cancer and not genetically modified organisms. Okay? It is the carcinogens. Those are the mutagens na present doon sa mga kinukonsum natin. And whether you like it or not, every waking hour, we are exposed to different types of materials that could cause mutations on our body. The radiation coming from the sun, it can cause mutation because that is radiation in the first place. We're always exposed to different types of ionizing radiation. We're always exposed to mutagens. In the case of genetically modified organism, it is fine to consume these organisms basta ito ay para sa tao. Meat number 4. Every food at a grocery store is GMO unless it has a non-GMO label. The truth behind this myth, there are only 10 GMO crops in the market when it comes to the US. Now, When it comes to the Philippines, hindi po talaga tayo masyadang apektado pagdating sa bagay na ito since in the Philippines, wala naman talagang legislation na sumusuporta o kaya naman ay kumukontra with the presence of the genetically modified organisms. So, wala po tayo masyadang problema dito sa Pilipinas. But, if we're actually going to import different food products, ano-ano nga ba yung mga examples ng mga genetically modified organisms na available sa market ng iba't ibang mga bansa? So for instance, in the US, ito yung mga approved list of the GMO crops na present sa kanilang market. The first one, the presence of apples, then potatoes, field corns, sweet corns, canola, alfalfa, soybeans, rainbow papaya, cotton, sugar beet, and summer squash. 
So ito yung mga examples ng mga food products that can actually be imported by the Philippines na kung saan, in some cases, nagkakaroon dito ng strict monitoring kung GMO ba or non-GMO itong mga organisms na ito. Pero these organisms can actually be safely consumed kasi nga, first and foremost, hindi naman talaga ito ma-alter ang ating genetic makeup. Well, when it comes to the Philippines, ang pinaka-controversial talaga na genetically modified organism na present sa market or present at ginawa ng mga Filipino, ito yung tinatawag natin na golden rice. Golden rice is actually safe to consume and at the same time, ito kasi yung uri or variety ng rice na nagkaroon ng integration ng beta-carotene. Kaya ito ay nagkaroon ng ganong kulay, naging kulay golden yung kanyang kulay. This rice could actually be considered as drought resistant o kaya naman ay kapag nagbagyo or nagkaroon ng tagtuyot, this organism could still survive. So, yun yung ilan na sa mga considerations. Kaso nga lang, when it comes to the palatability nung plant na ito, hindi siya nagugustuhan sa market kaya hindi rin siya napapansin. Okay, so ito lang isa dun sa mga concerns kung bakit nga ba ilang mga tao lang, ilang mga farmers lang talaga yung nag-subscribe with the presence of the golden rice. Even though nasabi naman ng 2020 that the consumption of the golden rice is safe for the consumers, hindi pa rin ito tinangkilik ng mga Filipino. So yun lang yung medyo malaking concern pagdating sa bagay na ito. Other than the um, conspiracy, other than different myths that surrounded this organism, Even yung palatability, even yung consumption ng mga tao, because at the end of the day, ang target naman talaga ng genetically modified organism, it is to feed the consumers. It is not to feed the masses. Okay, so that's the thing about meat number four. Meat number five, GMOs are a plot by Monsanto to sell more pesticides and to control the seed market with their patented seeds. The truth behind this fact There are many different GMOs that were developed to exhibit various traits, and Monsanto, now Bayer, is just one of the many companies that sell GMO seeds. Well, ito yung isa dun sa mga naging conspiracy na pagdating sa um, presence ng genetically modified organism. Now, pagdating sa naging conspiracy na ito, ang mga pinakaunang set kasi talaga ng mga genetically modified organisms, sila ay... merong mababang tolerance when it comes to the presence of herbicides and insecticides. Na, when it comes to the case of herbicides, even yung mga halaman na ginagamit for agricultural purposes ay namamatay din kapag nalagyan o kaya naman ay nasabuyan ng herbicides na ito. Nalalason din yung mga halaman na yun. Kaya yung iba't ibang mga genetically modified organism na um, creators or just like this Monsanto, which is a very big um, GMO company, nakadevelop sila ngayon ng mga crops that are resistant to herbicides na kapag ginamit yung same herbicide na yon dun sa field or dun sa lugar kung saan nakalagay yung mga existing na organisms na yon pinapatay lang yung mga kailangan patayin na kakompetisyon ng mga halaman na yon pagdating dun sa nutrients na nakukuha sa lupa. So basically, naging resistant sa herbicide yung mga halaman na yun and at the same time karoon pa sila ng production uli ngayon ng herbicides kasi nga without the presence of those herbicides lalagot lalago lang yung mga unwanted na halaman na maaaring makapatay din sa mga herbicide resistant na halaman na yun okay so that's the problem 
then even the presence of insecticides even some insecticides can actually alter the can actually alter the composition of some plants na kung saan kung meron man mga halaman na insecticide resistant yung mga insekto lang ang mamamatay so parang conspiracy lang din pagdating sa presence sa iba't ibang mga sakit kaya nagkakaroon ng iba't ibang mga viruses at iba't ibang mga sakit ay para kumita with the presence of vaccine and that is for myth number 5 myth number 6 seed companies sue farmers if GMOs blow into their fields the truth behind this myth this has never actually happened well actually nagkaroon ng um, takot dati yung mga farmers in the United States na kung saan if ever daw nagagamitin nila yung seeds that are actually present on Um, these organisms, for instance, nagkaroon ng plantation ng GMOs on another field, then nagkaroon ng cross-pollination, nagkaroon ng cross-contamination. There's actually a possibility na makasuhan itong mga um, farmers na ito dahil hindi naman patented sa kanila na i-utilize or gamitin itong mga halaman na ito kasi hindi naman talaga nila ito binili from that company. Yun yung ilan sa mga nagiging problem at nagiging concern. Well, so far, according to this article that I am reading at this very moment, the actual case, o kaya naman yung pagbibigay talaga ng kaso sa mga farmers, ay hindi pa naman talaga nangyayari, both in American and Canadian jurisdictions. Well, um, this myth, when it comes to myth number 6, is actually quite um, in the gray area, but We don't really know pagdating sa bagay na ito. And additionally, in many public sector projects such as the Hawaiian Papaya Insect-Resistant Plant in Bangladesh and the Water Efficient Maze for Africa, farmers are actually free to save and share GMO seeds and no royalties are charged. Even here in the Philippines, um, we can actually purchase some seeds sa, obviously sa seed bank, then... It can actually be grown sa ating sariling farm or sa sarili nating bakuran kung merong available na land area for those organisms, for those plants. Well, basically it is up to you na rin naman on how you are going to utilize those since it is already yours and para naman talaga sa consumption ng mga tao ang significance ng paghahalaman. Myth number 7 GMOs have not been adequately tested for safety. The truth behind this myth. GMOs are actually much more regulated than their non-GMO counterparts. And, when it comes to this particular case, yes, sobrang regulated ng mga genetically modified organisms. Because first and foremost, they are considering here the palatability and at the same time, yung production mismo ng mga organisms na ito na bago ito mailagay sa market, bago ito ma-export, kailangan sinicheck munang mabuti. And, ang concern na naman talaga when it comes to the presence of the safety when it comes to the GMOs, ito talaga ay nagsisimula lang when it comes to the consumption. So, additionally, currently, more than 40 agencies and 67 countries certify genetically modified products for cultivation, importation, and or field trials and testing. Unlike new varieties of crops produced by other methods of genetic modification, um, yung mga GMO sa market ngayon ay tinatest na rin when it comes to their food safety, including yung um, presence ng mga allergens or the test known as allergenicity. 
then digestibility and toxicity. And kung tutuusin, in US, on average, more than 75 different tests are actually performed to ensure that GMOs are safe for people, animal, and the environment. And I guess this is also being adapted here in the Philippines um, when it comes to other GMO crops just like the um, golden rice that I mentioned a while ago. And another facet that is actually related with myth number 7 is the one that is present on myth number 8. Myth number 8. GMOs are bad for the environment. The truth behind this fact. Yes, majority of the genetically modified organisms are actually helpful when it comes to the environment and there are very few consequences when it comes to the utilization of GMOs. Isa na dun sa mga examples natin ng possible na maging consequence pagdating sa presence ng genetically modified organisms, ito na yung presence ng BT corn. Well, sobrang common itong ginagamit pagdating sa discussions when it comes to botany and even in biotechnology. Um, BT corn or the corn na induced with the bacillus thuringiensis. Um, this is actually a type of corn na meron siyang resistance when it comes to the presence of other types of insects, okay? Yung kasing material or compound na present dun sa bacillus thuringiensis is actually lethal dun sa ibang mga organisms and ibang insects na magkukonsume dun sa corn na yun. So basically, nagiging resistant ngayon dun sa um, specific na organism na tinatarget yung mga corn na yun kapag ito ay isang example ng BT corn. Ang problema lang sa BT corn is that it is actually producing a lot of lignin. Ang lignin, it is actually an example of a polysaccharide na sobrang hirap ma-breakdown. Ang problema lang talaga with the presence of lignin, it is actually the decomposition of these organisms. Kasi nga dahil sa presence ng lignin, na-alter na ngayon yung mga palayan na kesa madecompose yung mga corn after the harvest, hindi kaagad sila nade-decompose. Which can actually alter the biochemistry of the soil, pwede maging acidic o kaya naman pwede maging basic yung soil because of the presence of the undecomposed na mga BT corns. Well, basically, yung pala naman talaga isa doon sa mga pinakamatinding example na ecological effect na maaring gawin or maaring mangyari kapag nagkaroon ng genetically modified organisms or genetically modified crops sa isang palayan. Well, we don't know if there will be some implications in the future, but when it comes to the concept of GMOs, it is still a gray area that we should consider. And there are still positives and negatives when it comes to the presence of GMOs. Well, when it comes to this episode, I just provided some facts that are actually debunking some of the myths that are related with the concept of genetically modified organisms. And it is actually up to you to consider if you're going to believe me or not, or if you're going to consider more researches regarding this topic. Simply cap of this episode, what does the future hold when it comes to the genetically modified organisms and genetic engineering technology? Well, if we're going to consider those things, genetic engineering could actually increase nutrition when it comes to the food products that we are actually consuming. It could actually be responsible for the production of other medicines, a lot of medicines. For instance, the presence of insulin 
the utilization of genetic engineering practices, the presence of CRISPR technology, all of which nagbibigay sila ng maganda at promising na future when it comes to these processes. Well, it is actually up to us if the technology that is present when it comes to genetic engineering would be for the benefit of human race or the benefit of some specific companies. If you want to interact with me, if you want to send message, if you want to send suggestions or comments or even violent reactions, if you want to engage to more discussions, we're actually available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and that is at Hainayan at Aghama on those social media platforms or you can just follow me on my personal Twitter and Instagram account and that is at Red Anatomy. Hanggang sa muli, ito ang inyong gurong lakan from Bulacan, Red. And this is Hainayan at Agham, the podcast. Hainayan, magpakailanman. Paalam. Paalam.